0: Welcome to Islamic Life Coach School Podcast. Apply tools that you learn in this podcast and your life will be unrecognizably successful. Now your host, Dr. Kamal Asfar. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Peace and blessings be upon all of you. Last time we talked about a concept called manuals, which are our expectations for others to change their behavior so we can feel better about ourselves. This just gives you a false sense of control control that we don't actually have. And we end up taking actions that don't lead to lasting change. Instead, these actions backfire and lead to resentment and distance in a relationship. It seems like pretty grim news. You mean to tell me that I can't actually get someone to do something for me? I can't actually cause an influence? Well, not really. That's not quite what I'm saying. You can influence people to do things, you cannot CAUSE them to do anything. They have that independent, free will, remember? Let's start by looking into differences between inspiration and influence. A definition says that influence is to affect or change how someone behaves, and inspire means to make someone feel a certain way that can lead for them to change their behavior. So, in CTFAR language, influence is trying to change someone else's A-line and to inspire is trying to change someone else's F-line. I say, why make it so complicated? Every human creates feelings and actions from their thoughts. So, to influence someone to change their A-line and to inspire someone to change their F-line would still have to go through the filter of their thoughts. Either way, if you successfully change someone else's behavior, it would mean that we have changed their thought work. It would mean that we've made it easy for them to feel an emotion leading to an action. People only take action from their own internal emotional state. Causing them to change their behavior where their internal emotional environment does not align with their actions, that's equivalent to manipulation or coercion. And borderline abuse, actually. We are not going to be doing that, none of that. Here, at Islamic Life Coach School, we're working very hard to become aware of ours and others' emotional states. So I'm going to be using words inspire and influence interchangeably in this podcast, like I do in my usual client practice. This is because I want to keep it simple. Simple brings change. Don't mistake simple for ineffective. Simple makes it easy to remember when you're learning to be an influential leader. We can only make someone else's thought work easier or harder for them. That will eventually lead for them to take an action you want them to take. We are a circumstance for everyone. We are their sea line. They get to apply their own thought filters to us. This is exactly why when we ask somebody to do something, some people do it right away and exactly to our liking, while others could be bothered less. That's because they've applied their own thought filters to us. So now let's look at actually how to influence a change in someone else's behavior, how to actually get somebody to do something for you. I'm going to be talking about in context of two main types of relationships, and those are personal and transactional. Transactional relationships include anything like employee boss relationship, server to a restaurant customer, business owner, service provider, This includes any relationship when I come to you because I need a service, you provide that service or product to me. In this transactional type of relationships, when it comes to causing an influence, if you're an employee, you provide your best value in exchange for money, respect, experience, stability, or whatever else it is that you're gaining from providing your work. As an employee, you're not in a position to make direct changes in the structure, but you can still make requests for resources that will maximize your productivity or make your life easier. So, I'm going to talk about inspiring change from a boss's perspective, someone who is higher up in a chain of command, but techniques will still apply to people in employee positions. As a boss, you provide a job description, and employee follows it. If they don't, they also get to find out what the consequences of this are. But fear of consequences doesn't create lasting change. Most commonly, fear is an emotion felt because of lower brain thoughts. Fear of losing the job, the livelihood and getting fired, or having a bad reputation in your industry. This creates scarcity mentality, which will not lead to an effective workforce and morale will be horrible. This will not create an effective change at all. So the best way to create change is to speak to people's internal state, which are their emotions which are caused by their thoughts. So here we're going to talk about how to influence thoughts. First and foremost, you have to command respect of the people you're trying to influence. The only way to command respect from others is if you respect yourself. And the way to show that in a workplace is by honoring your commitments. If you told your employees that you will be having a weekly meeting on Monday mornings, then you make it a habit to repeatedly change that meeting to Tuesday evenings or Thursday mornings, depending on your mood or your comfort level. Nobody is going to take these meetings seriously. Nobody's going to take you seriously. You're going to lose credibility. You're not going to influence change if you don't have credibility. Quickest way to lose credibility is if you don't honor your own higher brain executive thoughts. You announced something was important for the company. You put that meeting in the books and you show up late or you're not prepared. Respect and credibility go out the window. You can't inspire anybody from that place. So respect the commitments to yourself. We talk about how to exactly do that in podcast number 8 and 9. The second very important attribute in commanding influence is a place of non-judgment for others. And I mean non-judgment for everyone. If you are resisting the reality that an employee should not have their own opinion, you are in a place of judgment. Very commonly, we make other people's opinions make something morally wrong about them. If that's the case, it will be extremely difficult for you to drop your judgment about them. You have to learn to separate people from their thoughts and their behaviors. People are not their thoughts and actions, just like you are not your thoughts and actions. Every human being is created with respect and dignity. And it is our job to constantly remind ourselves of this reality. If you forget this piece of information, you are in a place of judgment. And everyone around you will know, especially your employees. Every human being will sense if they are being judged. Now let's say you are in a position where you are well respected because you honor all of your personal and work commitments. And you accept everyone for the human being they are, no matter how different their opinions that is the place to influence change from if at that point an employee doesn't deliver according to their promise consequences should be followed through as outlined nothing personal now this must remind you of boundaries because it is exactly like creating boundaries if you remember the two rules of creating boundaries are that it is to protect you in this case it is to protect your business and your work environment and it's done from a place of non-judgment You can fire people, give them warnings, and take other administrative actions like reporting to HR and can still respect them as a human being. With time, this type of culture will cultivate mutual respect and less of a need of external corrections. People will learn to self-correct. If their values don't align with the company's, then they go their way and you go yours. No hard feelings. This type of leadership seems difficult because by default we are constantly in judgment of others, mostly because of our conditioning. Learn to separate humans from their actions. Even humans acting on their most vile and evil of intentions are still humans. You strongly disagree with what they're doing, but you can still respect them. You might be asking, why in the world would I want to respect an evil person? and that is because my friends respect is the only place to influence change from i'll give you an example united states has the highest population of incarcerated individuals and studies have shown over and over again that that type of punishment does not correct behavior in the prison system nobody is speaking to their internal state that actually leads to change so anyways this was a tangent i digress so always remember Respect is the only place to influence change from. Every human being acts from their own models. Sometimes reminding yourself of this reality that every human being acts from their own models makes it easier to respect them, or at least be in a place of non-judgment for them. Respect for others will make you a much more valuable leader, while that respect gains them nothing especially since you don't have to condone their actions just because you respect them as a human. The return on investment on this type of thought work is massive. Your investment of thought work to learn to respect others, you get to become an effective leader while the other person gains nothing. If anything, they change their behavior to benefit you. A huge ROI, you guys. Also, one of my coaches says if you want to liberate yourself from constant moral evaluation and judgment of yourself, you have to liberate yourself from constant moral evaluation and judgment of others. Judgment of others bogs you down, not them. To learn more about how we see judgment in others and how to fix that, please refer to podcast number 25. (laughs) I'm giving a lot of references to previous podcasts today. Wow, okay. So far that was enough for a whole podcast by itself but we're just coming to personal relationships. But that's okay because the same rules will apply here in personal relationships with only a few minor exceptions. Personal relationships account for a huge if not majority of our relationships. A friend, a mother, a wife, a sibling. We're going to take the secrets of being an effective leader in a workplace and apply them to personal relationships. And those secrets are number one Always respect yourself. Show others that you treat yourself and your commitments with the utmost respect. Number two, drop your judgments for everyone, including yourself. Take these two qualities and apply them to your personal relationships. Once you've mastered these two qualities, you are in a place to influence change. You can definitely enforce certain rules around the house, especially with younger kids while they're learning. In that learning phase, they don't question much. But that enforcement will not work on growing teenagers or adult kids or spouses. Only difference between workplace and personal relationships is that you cannot fire a relative. (laughs) You can always leave a relationship. But where's the thought work in that? I mean, where's the growth opportunity in the learning? So now let me talk about how to influence an action in your most intimate relationship, and that is with your spouse. How do I get him to fix the broken cabinet? How do I get him to help around the house? Ladies, hate to break it to you, but you cannot make him do anything. If you feel upset because he didn't do something you asked, you are working from a manual. Listen to podcast number 31 for more details on that. If your feelings are dependent on his behavior, you are in no place to make requests and influence change. Become self-sufficient in your emotional regulation first, then you can command change. Work on coming to a place of understanding that the husband is a neutral circumstance. Nothing he says or does has any effect on you until you apply the filter of your thoughts. Once you have separated yourself from the circumstance, Once you can see the distance between the environment and your internal state, the distance being your thoughts, the environment being your husband, and your internal state being your emotions, then and only then you can influence change. Imagine it has been three months, the kitchen cabinet door is still broken. Ever since little Abdullah decided it was a part of his obstacle course and climbed it like a rock climbing wall, (laughs) I mean, he's a growing boy. Poor cabinet couldn't take his weight and now it's wiggling on one joint. (laughs) You are barely keeping it in place with tape just to hold the aesthetics and the function. (laughs) So it's been three months. It's still broken. You've been nagging your husband to fix it, but it seems like he hasn't even noticed your despair. At this point, I'll invite you to do your thought work. Instead of taking his behavior personally, ask yourself, What else is available to you? Can you get someone else to fix it? Your brother? A friendly neighbor? Can you fix it yourself? I mean, we live in a world of YouTube. The finished job might not be perfect, especially if it's your first time, but it will be done. Or can you hire somebody else, like a handyman? I don't know what's available to you. I'm not in your life. I'm not in your brain. But I know that you have so many options. The whole problem arises when our brain is rigid in its thoughts and functions on old programming that keeps telling us that a husband should do things around the house. Should he? Should he really? The reason we know that that's coming from poor conditioning is because these thoughts are not serving us. The reason we know he should not be doing things around the house is because he is not doing them. That's the reality of the situation. Stop fighting reality. When you fight reality, you lose every single time. You do not have control over him. Maybe he is doing other things around the house that he thinks are important. But he is not fixing the cabinet, that's for sure, (laughs) or cleaning the garage, or not doing whatever else you take up to be the point of contention with him. He is not doing it, simple. You want these things done because you want them he might or might not want the same thing. If he wants them, great, we got no problem. If he doesn't want them, better still because now we have an opportunity to do thought work and then we still got no problem. If you've done all the thought work over and over again and you come to terms that this is not the life that you want, you are welcome to leave. You always have the option to change the circumstance. You can ask for a divorce you can send your teenager to a boarding school, you can choose not to speak to your sibling ever again. Whatever situation you're trying to avoid, you can. You have all those choices. But do not, and I repeat, do not ever change the circumstance without fully understanding that the circumstance does not cause your feelings. Only your thoughts do. So come out of the self-pity party about how horrible you feel because your husband doesn't do things that make you happy. You are creating that story for yourself and thus creating that misery for yourself. Quick disclaimer here without going on a long tangent. This does not apply to abusive situations. Seek help if you suspect abuse. Husband not wanting to clean the garage is not abuse. It's your own brain creating abuse for you. Your lower brain, I might add. So, moral of the story, you respect yourself and others for who they are. You influence change from that place of respect by making requests. You never attach your emotional state to the outcome of that request. In a work situation, if your request goes unmet, you have the authority to exercise your right as a boss and do whatever is best for the company. In a personal relationship, if your request goes unmet, then empower yourself to meet those requests yourself. Once you are completely empowered in each of these situations, you can inspire change and watch the magic happen. That is the only place to influence change from. If you think fixing of a leaky shower or a clean garage will make you feel better, you are not empowered. Your emotions are tied to an external circumstance. Do your thought work until your emotional state is independent of the outcome of the request. Then you can make the request. Make a request from an employee, from a spouse, from a child, or whoever and then watch the magic happen right in front of your eyes. It works every time you guys. If you don't believe me, you're welcome to come see my garage. (laughs) Not only is it clean, it's perfectly set up for my paintings. Magic lies in not caring about the outcome. That's when the cabinet gets fixed, the pool gets cleaned, and the garbage gets taken out, (laughs) or all of the above. It works every time. And the time it doesn't work, we have our handy-dandy thought work to rescue us before we spiral down the whirlpool of misery. That's how you influence a change in behavior, my friends. That's how you inspire someone to take action. You make their thought work easy for them by taking the burden of your own expectations out. This way you influence change every single time. Because every other time when you don't influence a change, it doesn't really matter to you. So you win a 100% of the time. With all of these understandings, I rest my case with Allah wa ta'ala. I pray that you find that place to inspire change from. I pray that Allah wa ta'ala makes us effective leaders in whatever roles He has granted us. I pray that we learn to love the creation for the sake of Allah without judgment. I pray that we recognize that the ultimate and the only judgment belongs to Allah I pray for your success in all of your endeavors and in all areas you're trying to create change in. I will talk to you guys next time. Hey, are you thinking about coaching? I invite you to a complimentary consultation with me where I can help you define the solution to your problem, regardless if you choose to work with me in the Empowered Muslim Women program or not. So you really have nothing to lose. Access the appointment link through the show notes and inshallah, I will see you there.